1: All right, Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. That's Ryan Roberts. I'm Brian Driscoll. we got a lot to discuss today, Ryan. We're going to talk Notre Dame-Boston College. We're going to talk keys to victory for the Irish in a lot of different ways. Sort of a, you know, what's at stake a little bit as far as this game, or not so much what's at stake. That'll be more tomorrow, but just kind of what we need to see from this football team to know that they are at some point in time, making the a big step forward, right? They've been taking little baby steps some weeks, big steps other weeks. What is it going to be this week? And then, of course, we're going to talk recruiting because it's a big recruiting weekend for Notre Dame. It's not a big recruiting weekend so much from a number standpoint, although Notre Dame always is going to have at least 30 or 40 kids on campus. We knew include 24 and 23, you know, 24 and 25. They even got some 20, 27 kids coming on campus this weekend. Uh, two actually coming on campus this weekend. 6 Six twenty twenty six kids coming up now. Twenty twenty six for those that you don't know, those are freshmen, <laughs> current freshmen. Twenty twenty seven are current junior high kids. So we'll we'll dive into all of that after we talk about keys to victory, and then of course, Ryan, we'll have our mailbag. But the first thing we're going to discuss, Ryan, is is really the most important part of. This weekend is the game. Notre Dame has another opportunity. It's a big opportunity, even though it's not necessarily a big opponent, because right now Notre Dame is still in very much in the phase of it's about Notre Dame. It's about learning who this team is It's about this team learning who it is and developing and growing as a team and the thing we as Notre Dame fans and Notre Dame analysts and Notre Dame writers and everybody else have to come to grips with is the fact that this team is not going to reach its full potential this year. I mean, that's just that's just kind of who it is, at least not week after week. I don't think that it is, partly because of injuries, partly because of – it's just to some degree this is who this team is, right? Like Drew Pine's not going to go out there in the last three games of the season, which includes the bowl game, and, and look like Bryce Young. It's just – it's not going to happen, Right. So it's about this team, as it's constructed, trying to get to the point where it's playing its brand of football consistently from week to week. And as we saw last week against Navy, I think the more troubling thing for me was last week was the first time we saw this really weird difference between first half and second half. And we've seen the week-to-week sort of schizophrenia from this football team. We've never seen a half-to-half like that. Was that unique to Navy? Is that a trend? Now that Notre Dame has pretty much said, we're not going to throw the football, this is what they're going to do. They, they had success doing it for a half, but couldn't do it for a full game. Does that embolden opponents to say, hey, look, you know, make them beat you because they may be able to do it for a half, but they can't do it for 60 minutes. I mean, there's all types of things that people are going to do. Uh, Notre Dame is going to have to answer those challenges and step up and say, hey, look, we are becoming that football team because, Ryan, it's imperative that this be a confidence-building game for this football team. When you head on the road next week after Thanksgiving against a really good, talented USC team, this team's going to have to have a lot of confidence itself. It can certainly win that game, but not if there's doubt, not if there's uncertainty, not if this team has lost momentum and who it is. And so that, to me, is is something that we have to learn. Can this team play 60 minutes of good football as it heads into next week's big game?
3: I just want to see them stay to the true identity. You've seen it, right? Like you saw the recipe during the Clemson game. You saw what Notre Dame can be and what Notre Dame wants to be. And I think that there needs to be an understanding that it's not a one size fits all to success. What is successful for Notre Dame is not going to look the same as Alabama or Georgia or X other team out there. That's a good football team. What Notre Dame identity is is what they need to steer into during the stretch of this season the last few games we've talked a lot about this brian and i truly believe it over the first few games i think that there was a struggle internally with notre dame on what exactly they wanted to be or at least get to the level where they understood how to process driven to get to that result that they want to be and i think that you've seen it now in spurts over the last few games like you saw it against clemson you saw it against syracuse you Saw it in stretches last week, but Notre Dame to be a good football team, which we know they can be, has to be able to run the football, have to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, have to play clean, sound defense and structurally sound discipline style on the defensive side of the football. We've seen it. We know that this team can do it. It's just a now about, hey, you now know what your identity is. You need to fully adopt it now, man. You need to grab it. You need to... Accentuate it and you need to move forward. And that doesn't mean that there isn't evolution that happens on top of it because we know that you cannot just run duo 50 times a game and beat they're every on schedule. They're well, gonna try. <laughs> sometimes they're going to try, but we know that eventually you're gonna hit a team like last week, for instance, that's gonna say, That's not going to work today, that's not gonna be the recipe for success. And Notre Dame did a good job, I thought, last week in the first half of saying, okay, well, let's open up the passing game. Let's make some big plays. Let's do something that's a little different than how we win in order to set it up. Unfortunately, when they go back into the second half, still not able to set up the run game. And I think that's where you kind of fall into the lack of identity because now you're going back to, hey, we can't run the football. That's that's where our bread is butter, or where our bread is buttered. We need to be able to do that. So I think that you know, understanding how you want to win how you want to play the game, and now finding other ways to accentuate their strengths to make sure that they remain strengths moving forward. And that identity, I think, is
1: very important moving into the Boston College game. I think a key for me when I'm looking at this football team, Ryan, is we just haven't seen enough, in my opinion, sort of we haven't seen enough of this team being willing to sort of look at itself for who it is. And then when they do, when they finally do, It becomes such a strange sort of, okay, now you've overcorrected type of thing. And especially on offense, and we'll we'll get into the keys and we'll talk offense first, but this is still a little bit of a big picture thing. But like offensively, it's like that they were searching for an identity, couldn't find it because the things they thought they were going to be good at, they weren't good at. Then that part of the game got better. And instead of trying to build on that while using, you know, while also enhancing the other parts of the game, it's almost like they gave up on other parts of the game mm-hmm. in this odd attempt to be so focused on we're going to be this that you lost sight of the other stuff, and 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 then you you, you show potential for a half against Navy, and then it just kind of goes away, and so you just come down to say, can they find that happy medium on offense and defensively? It, it really comes down to. Can you get back to being what you were after the triple option? I think that's the one thing that concerns me about a defense is you spend all week so locked in on this weird style of play that then a week later you kind of have to get your mind right. I think defensively it's actually a great opportunity for them because you are playing a team that's not necessarily one that's a threat to come out and just rip you for 40. Right. So there's a little bit of a you catch a little bit of a break there because you are playing an offense. It's just simply not very good. But we have seen some unique situations where this B.C. team who struggles to score points consistently. I mean, we're talking a team that scored 21 against Rutgers, 10 against Virginia Tech, 14 against Florida State, three against Clemson, 15 against Wake Forest, three against UConn. 21 against NC State and then all of a sudden they'll break out and go 34 against Louisville 31 against Duke and and so defensively I think that should help a little bit but this team ultimately the success of this team moving forward is ultimately going to come down to can the offense find that happy medium and I think that's what a lot of this offense this game is going to be about Ryan so let's let's dive into the keys to victory Ryan and we're going to begin with the offense and really for the offense there's givens every week right the offensive line has to play well that's a given every single week don't turn the ball over this is a, a this is an offense that that cannot thrive without some level of efficiency and ball security we've seen it they just don't have they at least they have not shown the ability to have the firepower the big play ability to go out there and 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 overcome mistakes reg- regularly So this is a team that clearly those are keys. The offensive line has to play well. Those are things that we're not going to focus on every week. There's only one key that we're going to focus on every single week, and that's key number one of this game, and that is start fast. And it's a different reason every week. And this week, it's twofold. The number one is the obvious one. You know, Put BC away. This is not a very good offense. Put them behind the... You know the eight ball a little bit, let your defense kind of pin their ears back and go after them, make them even more uh, pass game oriented they want to be. And that's obviously part of it. But then the second part of it is this offense, more I would argue more than ever after the way that the second half played out and listening to Drew Pine talk after the game, that was a kid that to me was searching for answers and yeah. didn't have any. And so he needs to be able to come out. This offense needs to be able to come out and and have some level of success early. Doesn't mean Drew's got to go eight of 10 on the first three drives and, you know, throw for 250 yards. But if he throws three passes in the first quarter, he needs to hit them. They need to have some success with him, right? You know, you need to be able to come out and get the ground game back going again, build that confidence back up. So I think uh, that's a key. You with the way that how bad last court, you need to put that stink behind you as quickly as possible and just come out against BC and roll. If, if this comes out and all of a sudden they struggle early, it's going to snowball and it's going to allow BC then to establish its confidence saying, Hey, we can do this. We can pull off this upset. We've seen this BC team. If you let them stay in the game early, they start thinking, Hey, we can do this. You saw it against NC state. You saw it against Louisville. You've seen it in games. You've got to put them away early, Ryan. You gotta yeah. set you gotta take away their soul early. Cause the longer you let them hang around, then doubt builds on your side. Confidence builds on your side. And all of a sudden, we're sitting here with 2020 Notre Dame Louisville. And mm-hmm. that's not a place that you want to be with this football team that has, you know, Isaiah Flowers, Jalen Gill, George Takis, and I don't whether it's Phil Jacob or Graham and Moorhead, you know, it's you just you don't want to be there in that type of situation, Ryan. So start fast is key number one for the offense.
3: Momentum is a funny thing sometimes, Brian. You you talked about it, right? It's like first half you have all the momentum, second half rolls along against Navy, and then you're offensively, you're, all your momentum just is squashed and you can't get it back for the rest of the football game. And I think that is the key thing that you just talked about is that Notre Dame has the opportunity to – get that momentum back that they lost in that second half. They have the opportunity to grasp it and then take it for a full game. You want to talk about playing 60 minutes, like grab the momentum early and use it for the entirety of a football game. And don't leave any doubts. I think not leaving doubt is a big thing for me because like you said, it's easy when things aren't going well to put your head down and just feel sorry for yourself. It's very easy thing, right? And we saw the offense have no answers in the second half. Well, quickly, this coaching staff and these players need to capture some sort of momentum early on this game, and they need to feel success again because we have seen it. You know, during the last few games especially, there have been moments where in every facet of the game offensively, there has been some signs of growth and there's been some signs of a lot of success. And Notre Dame knows what they need to do in order to be successful. But the thing that needs to happen is first, coaches need to put them in proper position. Sure. We agree that the, for the most part, the last few games, offensive play calling has been a lot better. Like, there's no doubt about that. Then the next thing is we need someone to just look at it and just go, man, I got to make a play, right? Like, there was nobody last week that was in the second half was like, I'm going to flip the momentum here, and I am just going to make a play. Someone has to do it this week early, capture that momentum, flip the switch, get all the energy on your side, and ride this one, man, because it's going to be a weird game, you know, like with the weather conditions and it being senior day. And it's it's going to be a little bit of a strange football game. There's some, out, there's some like outlier things that are happening in this game, which makes it unique. But Notre Dame has an opportunity because you're right. Every week it's different. Why Notre Dame needs to start fast. Number one, I think that they need to recapture the momentum that was on their side for the better part of the last few games until the second half last week. And against a Boston College team that has been incredibly one-dimensional offensively, not able to run the football, getting them behind and making them feel uncomfortable where they don't even try to run the football, where they know they only have one dimension that they can even rely on, not even trying to get the second dimension in the game. Offensive line that is not very good. You want to be able to really let the dogs loose on those guys. right? I want to see Isaiah Foskey have some one-on-one pass rush reps against these offensive tackles. I want to see Jason Malola take on this interior offensive line and have a big opportunity.
1: These are things that we need to see in this game without a doubt. Key number two, Ryan, is, is the pass game. And look, yes, I think they need to figure out a way to hit a shot or two. I, I do. I think they have to find a way to, especially on the outside. I Look, here's what BC is going to do. They're going to come up and play cover one and cover three. And they're going to put eight in the box. We've seen them do it. Every time they've played a team that's run game oriented, we saw them do it early against Clemson because they didn't fear Clemson's vertical passing game. We saw them do it against UConn, who's more of a run oriented team. We've seen them do that a lot this year when they're playing teams that are run oriented, they're going to put eight in the box. They're going to bring a safety down and they're going to go eight in the box. Why would you not do that for Notre Dame when you do that for everybody else? A team that's how many games has Notre Dame played this year where they've had like less than 120 passing yards in a game? So you're gonna see them do that. You're gonna see one-on-one shots outside. I know that Tommy Reese likes to draw plays and and in and, and a lot of ways these things are getting people open. Okay, but the reality is is sometimes, especially for a quarterback who's struggling mentally, it's okay to just say you see a one-on-one, take your three-step drop, look the safety off this way, and throw the go to Braden or throw the go to Tobias, or throw the go to 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 Lorenzo, or throw the go to Dion, or I don't care, right? Get either one of your tall guys, your fast guys on the outside to the field, and just say, dude, just throw it up, you know. Mm-hmm. And because their field corners aren't big, they're, I mean, you can beat them deep. Clemson was beating them deep. Clemson was beating them deep, beating them deep constantly in that game. And yep. you know, with all due respect, Clemson's receivers don't have the speed that Notre names receivers have. I, I know that may sound crazy because Notre Dame throw the ball, but. That's not the issue. It's not that. So just catch it, hit your drop, and just freaking throw it out there. It doesn't doesn't require you to read this, that, or the other thing. Just get it out there. That's on Tommy Reese to teach it, Tommy Reese to call it, and Tommy Reese to make sure that Drew Pine knows there is no read. If you see a single high safety and we call verts or we call this play, this is where you're going with the football look the guy off and throw it. So that's part of the pass game too, but the other big part of this, Ryan, is that's a couple shots a game. You're not yep. going to make a you're not going to throw 20 of those. The bigger part of this because of the snow, because of the cold, because of the wind, you're going to have some of those shots when the wind is on your back, but to really thrive in the pass game, to protect the run game with your throwing game, they need to have they need to do two things. Two other things. One we'll get to here in a second when we talk more about the run game, but the other one is a really creative and multiple Mm. running back and tight end pass game. I want to see Mitchell Evans catch the ball this week on some sort of play-action pop pass. Now, if you can throw it to Michael Mayer, that's fine. I have a feeling BC is going to be keyed on Michael Mayer. Okay, so use that to your advantage. It's okay to give Michael Mayer his touches. I'm not saying come up with a pass game that doesn't include Michael Mayer. He's your best dude. He should be the focal point of your offense. But there's some other things you can steal in this game that are going to really help you. A pop pass to uh, Mitchell Evans, a wheel route away from Mayer, where you look off and then come back, you know, to Mitchell Evans or put Kane Barong in or Holden Stace or whoever else. You've got some talented weapons there. Freaking use them. If you're going to use 12 personnel all freaking game, use all of your your personnel in the past game. And, and then the other thing is get back to using the running backs more in the past game. And, and hey, fine, you don't want to screen it. That's okay. We've seen Drew Pine hit how many angle routes this year? We've seen him get Chris Tyree in the perimeter. There is no weather condition, in my opinion, that we're going to see on Saturday that limits your ability to throw a now screen to t- Chris Tyree. Every mm-hmm. single team that we have seen Notre Dame play and use 21 effectively has overreacted to Chris Tyree going on the perimeter. Every single one. And so use that. And if BC doesn't want to stretch out and get an extra defender out of the box to defend your 21 personnel with Chris Irie, guess what? You throw it to him and he's going to hurt you. If they do then get out, guess what? That's one less freaking guy in the box to hand the ball off to your running backs. It's yep. not that hard. It worked against Cal. It worked against North Carolina. They went away from it for however many games. They brought it back against Clemson and it worked like a charm. Mm-hmm. And that it and that this is that is something that you can use a heavy dose of against this BC team that lacks speed pretty much everywhere and is gonna want to load the box. You can steal yep. easy yards. If you are willing to do that, will they do that? I highly doubt it, but it needs to be done. And if they do, it's something that can be a big part of this game along with other things that allow you to get your running backs and your tight ends heavily involved in the pass game. That's something that should and could work, whether it works and then specific to BC, it should really work. Brian, I'm going to be completely honest here.
3: This is something that I'm very scared of is that Notre Dame might see the weather conditions on Saturday and they might say, nope, it's just going to be a duo day, man. Like, we're just going to run down Boston College's throat and we're not going to have any diversity as far as our run-to-pass game in this football game. I don't think it's acceptable. I don't think it's how it should be. But I do have a deep worry that that is going to happen because I just think that there's a lack of trust to be in a completely balanced football team run-to-pass and I really hope, because to your point, there are things to take advantage of for this Boston College team defensively. They have pretty good linebackers, or at least a couple talented linebackers, but they are very easily manipulated. That middle of the field is going to be open in a lot of instances. So using the running backs, using the tight ends, that is going to be a great opportunity in this football game. And the state, I, I like a couple of the corners that they have the Josh DeBerrys of the world, the Elijah Joneses of the world, but they don't really have great safety
1: play per se. And, and, and is, look, Ryan, Josh DeBerry is a nice yeah. player, but yeah. I watched Joseph Ngata just torch him by yes. five yards for a touchdown. Yep. Joseph Ngata, mm-hmm. Right? So uh, I'm going to say Joseph Ngata torched him for a touchdown. Yep. Right? I mean, no. <laughs> that's not a guy you should be afraid to go. And I'm not saying you're saying that that's not, it. it's just watching this. It's so freaking frustrating, Ryan, yeah. knowing that like you should be exposing these teams. Well, our quarterback's not very good, or, but neither are their DBs. So go right. after them. But I All think right. you're right, Ryan. I, I have this bad feeling that this is just going to be an excuse to run duo 87,000 times in this yeah. game. And, and you I, I, don't get any better as a football. You get the win. You're eight, you're eight and three but you don't get sure. any better as a football team. And that's my yep. concern. I, I really have a –
3: I'm just terrified that we're going to see nothing but 12 and 13 personnel during this game, Brian. They're just going to say we're just going to run it down your throat and we're not going to be diverse. We're not going to let our wide receivers have a chance. We're not going to push the tempo as far as how we're attacking a defense vertically. Like there's just I, – just, I have a deep fear about that because to your point – Going against USC, right, you can't play that brand of football and win that football game. It's going to be a lot harder to do that. I know some people are going to say, well, you did it against Clemson and won. Yes, you're right, but you, USC is a different animal when you're talking and, about that you're going to have to score with that. You're, and we they're, said, they're said going during game that game that
1: Clemson's offense isn't that good. Exactly. And that's something we said going into that game. You could, you could get away with that to a degree on a windy right. night. Clemson yes. was hampered a bit by the by the conditions. That's not going to be the case out in Los Angeles next weekend. It's not. And it's a it's much not. better offense. Much yes. better offense.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're comparing a team that averages. I mean, I don't even have the USC numbers in front of me, but I'm assuming they average somewhere near 40 points. And then we're talking about a Boston College team that averages 19 point something. Right. Like it's very 42.4. Yeah, so it's a very, very different situation here, right? Two very different football teams. Weather conditions are going to be very different comparative to those football games. And in order for you to finish the season off to your highest level, you're going to need to have some form of balance. And balance does not mean 25 runs, 25 passes. It's not what that means. What it means, though, is that you have been a heavily reliant running team, which is fine. That's how you win. I get it. But at some point, teams like we saw last week are going to say your running game is not going to be the reason you dominate us today. Right. Now, luckily for Nate in the Navy game, Notre Dame's just a better, more talented team than Navy, Way just point blank. And yes. the beat them by three. Exactly, beat exactly. Three. And you, the reason that it was close and that they mounted a comeback. Is because you could not find any diversity offensively, and you couldn't take advantage of what Navy was trying to do to you and hurt them in the weaknesses that they let go there. Right? We talked about the if you would have just done more screen game, you would have done more running back play in, in in the passing game last week. You probably would have had a lot more second half success. You unfortunately didn't. But now it's time to put that behind you and look at this game and say there are opportunities in the passing game that we can take care of this. We can take advantage of this BC team. They have some talent on the second level. They have some talent in the secondary, but it's incredibly inconsistent. Yeah. Should be able to take some big, make some big plays in this football game.
1: It's. I'm at the point now where I just want to yank my hair out. And, and, look, I get it. Drew Pine's not playing well right now. But, I mean, at what point in time do you say, okay, you really haven't been able to coach any of your scholarship quarterbacks to the point where they can hit a three-step fade? Like, really? You, you're telling me not one of them can do that? Not a one. You're telling me that you're watching yourself, scouting yourself, and you're looking how effective 21 personnel has been, run and pass game. And your thought is, "Nah, we're good. We're not going to do that anymore." I mean, it, it, it is maddening. And like, look, here's here's you want to know why Clemson worked. Here's here's the reality of it. Clemson worked because Notre Dame has really good players. Clemson didn't give the Notre Dame players enough respect. Clemson thought they could come out in that game. Because of all the NFL dudes they have in their front seven and say, we're going to play our game against Notre Dame. And they're not, and, and they weren't good enough to do it. Navy, a lot of other teams they've played, Syracuse to a degree, tried this. Navy did it, BC's gonna do it, and USC's gonna do it. They're gonna say, we're not good enough to just go play their game. We're not. We've got to do some stuff to create negatives. We've got to do some stuff to overload them with numbers and make them beat us on the football. Notre Dame showed they can't do that yet. They could do it for a half, not a full game, though. You just got to go into halftime within striking distance, make some adjustments, and their quarterback's going to collapse in the second half. We've seen that over and over and over. What, you know, So those teams are not going to rely on their – just do what they do the way Clemson did. That's why it worked against Clemson. Because Clemson uh, underestimated Notre Dame's talent level. Navy did not. And that's why Navy completely shut Notre Dame's run game down. And so BC is not going to look at the Clemson game and look at the Navy game and say, you know what? I think we're going to be more like Clemson. We're just going to line up and be big and physical and just be gap sound. They're not going to do that because they know they're going to get destroyed. They're going right. to come out and say, we got to be aggressive. We're going to shoot our linebackers. We're going to bring edge pressures. We're going to bring corner fires. Why do I know they're going to do those things? Because they've done it on film. They see Notre Dame and realize Notre Dame doesn't have a plan to deal with that. And so that's what we're going to do. And what is Notre yep. Dame going to do about it? 21 personnel would help that a lot moving your 12 and 13 personnel around and doing some different things you know what would be awesome bring a corner fire and just have one of your tight ends leak out and just throw it over their head you know there are things you can do to attack those things you've got to have a plan for it and if they don't look somebody asked this question ryan Mm -hmm. and 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 this is kind of the point irish Town said do you think that we will that we'll be able to bully ball our way to a win against BC. And my answer is yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They will be able to bully ball their way to a win over Boston College because Boston College isn't very good. They're really not a good football team. Their three wins this year you know, Maine, Louisville, NC State. They beat Maine somewhat somewhat convincingly, right? But they beat Louisville by a point and they beat NC State by a point. They're not very good. So, yes, they can go out there and bully ball their way into a win. But that's not making you a better football team. That's not putting you in position to go out there and handle your business next week. Against a USC team that scored, I was just looking at this, Ryan, and I was going to bring it up, USC in its last six games has scored 42, 30, 42, 45, 41, and 55 points. Now, none of those teams are as good as Notre Dame is on defense, but that's a big difference between, you know, 42 and 17 You just can't assume that's going to be the case. And so uh, if you're not able to do that, there's going to have problems. Now, if Tommy Reese can figure out a way to do this, then I'm going to be singing this praises to high heaven after the game. That's the thing, right? I'm pessimistic now, you know, preparing for the worst, hoping for the best is basically where I'm at right now, right? When it comes to that. And that sort of ties into number three. We kind of already talked a little bit about part of the part three, uh, point three, Ryan, which is they got to mix up the run game. That includes a scheme. Can't just be duo all day. Please, for the love of all things holy, this is a slow Boston College defense. Get the ball outside. Give me a jet sweep, right? I think the last time Notre Dame ran a jet sweep against Boston College and went for a 60-yard touchdown. The dude that did that still on the roster. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right? Uh, you know, give me some stuff that, that slows down the BC defense. You know what would be great? I mean, look, sometimes you call plays that have some risk involved, right? And there's times you could run a reverse and all of a sudden they blitz right into it. But sometimes they blitz into it in the wrong time. Like there's a couple times if Notre Dame was, was handing a reverse off against Navy yesterday, as hard as they were crashing the backs, if they'd have been able to somehow pull that ball and get it outside some way, somehow it would have gone, you know, so be creative with it. You know, give me some outside run stuff, not just jet sweeps, but, you know, give me a buck sweep. Give me something where you're going to pin and pull. I mean, Clemson had some success with that, right? Where they were just, UConn had success with that where BC was loading the box and and UConn just kind of pinned everybody down, pulled it outside, and they were out the gate. UConn did that. UConn did that, folks. UConn. Okay? So, uh, you know, again, mix up your run game. Get back to being the creative, formational team you were against Boston College. I don't know why they went away from that against Navy. Again, because I think it's, well, it's Navy. We'll just be able to line up and do our thing. No, no. Be creative all the time. Give the other team something to think about. And then RPO success. Drew I would have run a million RPOs in practice this week. They ran a bunch of them last week in the game and didn't have a lot of success with it because Drew pulled it and threw it when he shouldn't have, and then he handed it off when he should have pulled and threw it. Just needs more work, needs more reps. So that's something I'd focus on this week. Those are three things to me, Ryan, that you can really do to mix up your run game, to allow you to still run the ball a ton against Boston College and have success to where you can be you and still win the game. But... You know, beating Boston College 20 to 3 or 20 to 6 because they suck and you just ran duo a million times, that's a very unsatisfying win. That's that's results oriented, not process oriented. And this right. needs to be a process at game where you're getting your you're making yourself a better football team and you're positioning yourself to go into the final t- two games, USC and then whatever bowl game, with a chance to really end the season on a big note. That's important. This team needs it from a momentum standpoint. This team needs it from a confidence standpoint. And this team needs it from a, from from the standpoint of, of recruiting too, Ryan. It's a Mm -hmm. huge recruiting opportunity as well. And so that's why I feel as adamant as I do today about why they need to do what we're saying they need to do. Don't just go out there and think you're just, because even if you can and still win, so what they suck. That doesn't make you a better football team in my opinion.
3: Yeah. And I mean, it's, Brian, I feel like every game I've watched at Boston College, the second and third levels just get manipulated so easily, right? Like eye candy is just not the friend of Boston College. And the things that you're talking about, the diversity of the run game, getting outside, running some pin and pull stuff, running jet sweeps, doing the RPO game, all that stuff is about manipulating defenders, right? Like you're making them wrong. You're making them guess. And when you make guys guess, you'll see that – A athletic Cam Arnold, for instance, Boston College's best linebacker, in my opinion, is going to guess wrong at times and is going to be in the wrong position. They're going to be in the wrong gap. He's going to be in the wrong situation from time to time. Those things happen to this defense constantly. You know what Boston College wants? Boston College wants you to run duo a million times so that they can run the same key every single time play so that their eyes don't get manipulated. That's what they want. They want to trigger the same. They want to get downhill the same. They want to fill the similar gaps. Like that's what they want to do. And what we're asking for, and what we have been asking for for several weeks, not this is just the Boston college thing, but more diversity in the run game to manipulate defenders, make them be in the improper position, make them guess wrong. I want them to, how does, how do teams, break off these big runs from time to time, right? It isn't always about your guys just being better. than. Sometimes it is, right? Offensive line, sometimes you block it perfectly, you gouge them, and there's a gap right up the middle and you score a touchdown. Other times it's because you just killed them with a jet sweep, and now the linebackers' eyes are all floated the jet sweep, and then you hit a counter right underneath of them or hit an inside zone right underneath of them, and then that's six because guys aren't in the right position. Creativity. Being able to manipulate second and third level defenders, that's a big part of this football game. And everything that you're calling for, Brian, in my opinion, is about making it hard on defensive players. Don't make it easy, make things look different, even if stuff is working off of one another. You don't have to be, you don't have to run a million plays in order to get what you want to get out of this, right? In order to hit your goal. You just need to make defensive players uncomfortable in their own skin in this football game.
1: Last point, Ryan, and we'll be quick about this one because this is – it doesn't need to be expressed a lot, and we've gone a little bit long on some of our other points. We got fired up. I love it. I like when we get fired up. Four is easy. You need a great third quarter. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. you got to put this football team away. You've got to come out and and show that, hey, look, last week, we've put last week behind us. Games like that happen. We've seen it before. I've seen it from good teams. I've seen Ohio State have bad games against bad teams. I've seen – or bad halves against bad teams – I've sure. seen Alabama have bad halves against bad teams. I've seen – and the reality is, is if you flip it and Notre Dame plays poorly in the first half and they're down 13-10 in the first quarter and then come out in the second half and just roll them off the field, guess what? You're, you're We're having a different conversation about it, right? But – The way that it happened, it's like we're just left with the stink of that. I mean, we'd still talk about the first half and how bad it was, but we'd say, hey, look, they went into halftime, they made adjustments, they came out, and bam, they were rocking and rolling. Instead, we're talking about how Notre Dame, Navy came out after the half, and you had zero answers for what they were doing. That's really problematic for me. Really problematic for me. So when you have a week to prepare, you can come up with some stuff that can beat Navy. When you have 15 minutes to adjust, they get you. That's That's a problem. And so mm-hmm. I want to know that that was a one week thing. It just looked, it just was, cause that happens. It's one of those weeks, right? I mean, there, there, there have been times in my coaching career, there have been times and, you know, we saw it on Lou Holtz. We've seen it under every great coach. I'm not saying I'm a great coach. I'm just making the point. Like I can sympathize where, say, you know, I thought this was going to work in the second half, but our we didn't do a good job adjusting. We didn't, we didn't do what we needed to do. I thought it was going to work. It didn't work. You know, that's on me. Uh, that's on mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And it happens. And then you come out the next time you make sure it doesn't happen again. As long as that's the case, Ryan, that's again, that's going to be another sign to me that this team has grown. They yeah. thought that they were going to be able to do some things last week. There, were, there was stuff there. They just didn't execute. Why? What was it about what you said and what you did at halftime that made it harder for you to adjust to get the ball out to the open guys in the second half? Figure that out, and then second get, come back the next week and don't make it happen again. If they can come out and just really have a great third quarter against BC, it's going to tell me, okay, step forward. You had a rough game. You had a rough half. They out-adjusted out, out, out adjusted you in the second half. Your guy's didn't execute. You put it behind you. You came out the next week, and you got it done. And so that's yeah. a thing, too, that, that'd be a sign for growth. So come out in the third quarter, whether you're up three or you're up 20, and really bury them in the third quarter. That's going to be very important for me. I want to see that because that's going to tell me if this team has grown or if this is just who they are for the rest of the year, and then you can figure out what changes you need to make in the offseason. I want to yeah. see that this coaching staff is capable of growth during the season big growth they've made growth but are they capable of big growth during the season i want to see if they're capable of that And this bc game is going to tell us a lot in that regard Ryan,
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This
3: is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must
0: always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: I'm gonna keep this really brief, Brian. I, I talk about this all the time. Coaches are they are Coaches are graded based upon the adjustments that they make. And those adjustments happen from half to half. They happen from quarter to quarter. They happen drive to drive. They happen game to game. And you are coming off of a game where in the second half, your adjustments didn't work. They didn't work. It was bad. It was a poorly called game in the second half. I think we all agree. there's players that need to make plays, no doubt about it. It is a collaborative effort. But from a coaching perspective, Second-half adjustments did not work last week. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't. So now you're coming into this game. Good coaches are going to put that behind them, turn the page, and say the adjustments we need to make to be a better football team to start this game against Boston College is what we're going to see early on this game. And then from the first to second half, if Notre Dame does get up big on Boston College, let's say, in a hypothetical, then they need to show we learned our mistake from last game. What did we not do during halftime of the last football game that allowed Navy to get back in the game at the when everything was at the end? They need to now look at that and say this is a challenge to ourselves because we know we have the talents. We know that when we're on, we're a good football team. But we now need to prove our own worth as coaches to make these adjustments, put our players in proper positions, and take advantage of a team that isn't very good. At the end of the day, you are a much better much more talented team than this Boston College team. You can't hurt yourself. You can't get out-coached on Saturday against this Boston College staff because that's the only way that this game is close, in my opinion, is that Notre Dame shoots themselves in the foot and that they're, they get out-coached by this Boston College team. Those are the only ways that this get, gets close. So I think it is a big opportunity for the coaching staff to put everything behind, to move on to the next game, but to show that they can grow and they can make those adjustments because that is ultimately how you were judged as a coach, your ability to fight that adversity and make those adjustments during a game, during a half, during a week. Those are the things that we're going to look at this game
1: and say, it, it'll give us confidence if the coaches are able to take that step. I'm going to actually disagree with one part of what you said. You said you think we can all agree on that the play calling in the second half was not good. I disagree with that. I think the play calling in the second half was – Was good. It wasn't great. There were things they should have done that they didn't go to. But when you're getting guys open as often as the play calling was getting guys open, it's not a play calling problem for me. It gets down to an execution problem. That's still on you as a coaching staff because you're calling plays Mm -hmm. that, yes, they're getting open, but your guys aren't executing. So I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a, a play calling mistake. I think the adjustments were the problem because you weren't able to adjust. For in a way that your quarterback felt comfortable executing the plays that you were calling, so I think we're saying we're saying the same thing. I just would put it on a different aspect of it than so than, mm-hmm. than more so than just the play calling. I think it was an execution problem. But at the end of the day, execution is as as if I'm an offensive coordinator when my, when I was a receivers coach and my guys went out there and didn't play well. When I was a quarterback's coach or a pass game coordinator and we didn't execute in that part of the game, that's still on me. I didn't do what right. I needed to do to prepare them to execute what I was calling, and it didn't matter if my play call was great. If they couldn't execute it, it still wasn't working. So that sure. would just be the one little nit. The rest of what you said, I completely agree with, Ryan. I think we're on the same page. I just, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was a play calling problem. I actually think the play calling, if executed properly, they rip Navy apart. But that doesn't matter. That's a theory. You have to be able to execute it. I don't care. It's, what do I always say, Ryan? I don't, doesn't matter how smart I am. Matters what my kids can do. And that that was the reality of what we didn't see last week. So that's the challenge for Coach Reese is you have to figure out ways where I don't care what you're calling if your quarterback and your lineman and your tight ends and your backs and your receivers can't execute it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the key. So that's what we're gonna, that's kind of what we're gonna, you know, focus on. Let's go defense, Ryan, and and, and we'll work through these keys we're not going to spend as much time on the defense because honestly, folks, I'm just going to be honest. BC's offense is really not good. They have in this, and it's kind of sad because they they're wasting some really talented players. As we said earlier in the week, this is a very dangerous group of skill players because of Zay flowers and Jalen Gill and Jaden Williams and Joseph Griffin, the junior coming off the bench and George Takis and, you know, Patrick Garwell's okay. I mean, he was a thousand yard runner a year ago and, and if, if Phil, when Phil Djokovic this year has had a clean pocket, his numbers have been pretty good. You know, it's just he doesn't get a clean pocket very often. And then you look at kind of why they're not good and why they're only scoring 19 points a game, and you're like, it's because they have one of the worst offensive lines in football. The weather this weekend – remember when the the weather for Navy was – or the Clemson game was coming out. and so, said, you know, who doesn't really help us? Well – I think it's kind of neutral. I think it hurts Notre Dame Mm -hmm. in some ways. It helps Notre Dame in other ways. It hurts Clemson in some ways and hurts Notre Dame and helps Clemson in other ways. It wasn't really a thing where, like, if Notre Dame would have played exactly the way it played on November 5th and Clemson would have played exactly the same way it played on November 5th, and the weather was two mile an hour winds, I think the game plays out exactly how it would have played out. I don't think it was right. limiting for good. there was nothing Clemson tried to do that I thought, gee, the weather's hurting them from doing what we saw on film. There was there was really nothing like that. Yeah. This is a game that I think the weather is gonna really hurt Boston College way more than it's gonna hurt Notre Dame because they can't throw they can't run. Mm-hmm. And and so for Notre Dame, it's just about do don't. Don't allow them to be good at something they haven't shown all season they're good at. That's that's a I mean, that's not really a key to the game. That's stating the obvious. There are four things beyond that. You know, you can't let a team that has twice this year, Ryan. I'm gonna say this and you're gonna you're gonna think I'm being hyperbolic, and I'm not. You're facing a rushing offense that twice this year has rushed for four yards or for, for less than less than five yards in a game. Rushed for less than five yards in a the game. They had four yards rushing at, at Virginia Tech. And they had minus one yards rushing at NC State, and they won the game because they can hurt you throwing the football. So you're going to have some weather things that are going to help you. They're going to ha- they're going to pr- I would imagine they're going to try out and somewhat establish. I mean, they're going to try to get the running game going in some way, whether it's jets reverses, all those other kind of things. But this is a team that's going to try to beat you throwing the football. So key number one is hit the quarterback early and often, whether it's Phil Dracovic or Emmett Moorhead. They are going to have weapons that can give you major problems if you give their quarterback time to throw the football. I would also say that you better hope that your D-line brings it this game because I don't want this to be a game. I'm concerned that Al Golden is, and Ryan, you know exactly where I'm going to go with this because you're a defensive guy. You see a mm-hmm. team that's this bad, and your thought is, we're going to heat them up and just overwhelm them. Right. The danger, however, is you're one slant or cross to Zay Flowers away from giving up a 70-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that's my concern. You you need to be able to dominate this game with your front four. You need yes. to give your front four an opportunity to dominate this game. And and so on first and second down, especially. So you got to hit the quarterback early and often. And they're both big kids. And when you hit them, You got to bring them down. I think that is the biggest key to this game, Ryan, because it tells me they are, in fact, dominating the line of scrimmage.
3: Yeah, and I also think that there's a numbers conversation that needs to happen too, Brian. I mean, to your point, right, like I don't want to just run a bunch of cover one and cover zero against Zay Flowers a ton, right? Like I don't want him to have a ton of one-on-one opportunities where he's just going to be able to you know, beat one defender and make a big play, right? Like I don't want to have to – load the box up to stop a bad running game. And that comes down to defensive line doing their job. And because you shouldn't have to have extra numbers in order to stop this run game. I mean, they're averaging 2.1 yards per carry this year as a team, right? Like it is a abysmal rushing attack. And I mean, we we talk about this all the time. I know I've said this several times this year. Don't make the team something they're not. Don't make them something they're not. They're not a good rushing team. Don't let this be the game where they figure some success out somehow. And that starts with the front four. It does. This is a Isaiah Foskey game. This is a Jason Adamolola game. This is a Riley Mills game. And it needs to be because there is some players outside. We mentioned Zay Flowers a billion times this week. And for good reason. I mean, the kids already got an East-West Shrine invite. He's probably going to be a senior bowler when all is said and done. Probably a top hundred pick, probably a day two pick when it are all said and done. He's an excellent football player. Jalen Gill's no slouch. There's a reason that he was at Ohio yeah. state originally, right? There's no reason, and he, name there's off a reason he was exactly. George Takis is no slouch. We know all about George Takis. Pat Garwo when he has some rushing lanes, ran for a thousand yards last year. He's not a slouch either, but where they make their money is on the perimeter. They have a lot of skill at the wide receiver position. So I don't want to sacrifice numbers to stopping a bad rushing attack because I'm not doing my job and then have to sacrifice numbers to stop Zay Flowers, to stop Jalen Gill. Don't make Boston College something they're not, and that starts with the defensive line and then moves back into the second level of this defense. Shut down this run game and have to protect yourself on the perimeter and stop these pa- this passing attack because that is ultimately –
1: where Boston College is going to try to win this football game. That's right into point two, Ryan. Point two is contains a Flowers. You can't let him beat you because he can. you got to contain Zay Flowers more than anybody else. Zay Flowers is a 60-yard touchdown wait to happen. And when Phil Dracovic's in the yes. game, that's especially true yep. because Phil can throw it over the head of a defense. And Phil's a Western PA kid. I promise you Phil Dracovic has thrown in conditions like this before, if he's healthy. Emmett Moorhead's arm, I don't think, is quite as strong in that regard. But if if he gets in if the wind's to his back, especially, he can get over the top of your defense. So oh, yeah. points two and three to me, Ryan, go together. Contains A Flowers, avoid the big mistakes. Meaning, yes, don't true. have Phil Dracovic sacked or Emmett Moorhead sacked and then let him spin off, roll around and throw the ball 60 yards down the field over your head for a touchdown. Can't mm-hmm. do that. Don't don't blow an assignment. Let Zay Flowers like don't give up the inside when you're not supposed to. Let Zay Flowers catch a slant route uncontested, and then he's going to make you miss, and he's going to go for a big play. This is not an offense that has any hope at all. Look, I'm just shooting it straight to y'all. They have no hope at all of moving the ball up and down the field if Notre Dame plays clean. None, none, like none. Notre Dame has is is going into the season for the first time since 2017, where they could potentially go through the entire season and not hold a single team to below 10 points. It hasn't happened since 2017. Last year, if you look at late in the season, Ryan, I actually had some people saying I think the defense is better under Al Golden than it was under Marcus Freeman. It's patently absurd. But last year in November, Notre Dame gave up six, three, zero, and fourteen points. The defense got better down the stretch. The art the, This Notre Dame defense was doing that pre-Navy. They have mm-hmm. to show that the Navy game was an anomaly because it's a flip and triple option team. We had a bad plan. It just didn't work. Whatever. We're moving on from it. We've burned the film. It's time to get to the next game. That means yeah. coming out and dominating this BC team. Playing clean is such an important – having a Zay Flowers plan and then playing clean football, those two things together, Ryan, are key. Because if you do that, if you simply do those two things at a, at a relatively high level – I don't think BC gets to 10 points. If no. you don't do those things and you allow Zay to go off, they will score and they will make this a game, especially if your offense does the thing, the, especially if the worst case scenario plays out for the offense, like you and I are kind of back of our heads concerned it's going to be. Do this and it's a blowout and your defense goes into USC with a lot of momentum. Because I think the de- – we didn't talk about this, right? I think the mm-hmm. defense needs a confidence boost after the second half of Navy. They were looking around. They were shook. They didn't know what to True. do. They need yeah. to get their confidence back because they their defensive confidence was rolling going into that Navy game. I mean, they were, they were dominant against Syracuse. They were dominant, even more dominant against Clemson. And then that Navy thing messed it up a little bit, right? Get that mm-hmm. back and just really roll BC going into USC. I think we could have maybe gone with that as key number one is get your confidence back. But these are all part of it. These are all things that will yeah. then get you your confidence back, Ryan. Well, I mean, if you're able to... Stop. If you're able
3: to limit or eliminate Zay Flowers' impact, Brian, that's a big confidence boost. I <laughs> mean, again, he's one of the dynamic players in all of college football, and and what makes him so special, just him specifically, is you mentioned right. Like he's very fast. He can work the he can work the perimeter of the defense. He can work vertically. He can create big plays over your head. He can also catch a short pass and be a yak guy and make people look stupid in the open field. And not to mention. Once in a blue moon, they'll give him a jet sweep, and he can work some stuff in the run mm-hmm. game as well. He can do everything, and he's a big play waiting to happen in so many facets of the game. Just like every week we talk about that an opposing defense is going to have a Michael Mayer plan, you have to have a Zay Flowers plan, because plan, that's the guy that if you are not right, if you're not correct, you're not assignment sound, he can take one to the house, and he can take a couple to the house. He's that type of a football player. I mean, it's been – even with – Offensive line being an issue all year, and and quarterback play being inconsistent and injury riddled for Boston College, Zay Flowers is still getting his man. He's almost got a thousand yards this year, and it's with a lot of things working against him. He's a dynamic football player, and again, I don't want to undersell the fact that, like, hey, Jalen Gill's pretty good too, right? Like they have Mm -hmm. some other players that can hurt you.
1: Pretty good player too, yeah.
3: They have players that if you are not in the right position, you take a bad angle, you're not assignment Sounds – They can take one and create a big play. Obviously, it starts with Zay Flowers, but this is a talented wide receiver group. You need to be able to look at this team and say, hey, that weakness is a weakness. The run game in the offensive Mm -hmm. line, keep that a weakness and have the attention to detail to stop what is a strength for them, the playmakers that they have. Biggest thing in this game is limiting how – Zay Flowers and the rest of this wide receiver group is used because this is a game where we look back and we say okay they got some plays but instead of Zay Flowers averaging 17 yards a catch he averaged 10 he
1: averaged 11 like that's limiting impact is the biggest thing for me against this wide receiver room Ryan they had 329 yards of offense against against uh, NC State and we kept asking ourselves how did they win that game here's how they won the game couldn't run but here's what happened. Zay Flowers had 7 catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. That's why they won. Mm-hmm. That right there's yeah. why they won. You look at what they did when, when they lost 44 to 14 to Florida State. He had 7 catches for 45 yards. Why was Clemson able to win 31 to 3? He had eight catches but they went for 75 yards. It was 9.4 per carry. It's a lot like what Notre Dame did to David Bell last year. And and, and yeah. you know Josh Downs a little bit this year. If you look at uh Yukon game, two catches for 35 yards. You know, in games where they've really struggled to move the ball, Zay doesn't have an as as great of an impact. And so, the and that, but see, here's why we didn't do Zay Flowers plan first, because mm-hmm. if the quarterback's on his back, can't throw the ball to Zay Flowers. Sure, I mean, it's as simple as that. And, and that's then the that also Zay flowers plan. Exactly, is to get the quarterback on exactly, his back. Yep, exactly. And then the last part is it all ties together is get the ball. If you can, if you can rattle the quarterbacks, get to them a lot. They're going to sail some balls. They're going to miss some throws. The wind is going to help with that a little bit. If you can keep Zay Flowers from really taking this game over, then all of that leads to there's going to be some balls put on the ground. There's going to be some throws get up for grabs. And that's where the defense can play its role in really bearing this football team. Give your offense short fields. Stop drives with turnovers. That's a way. Especially they can do it early because you know, the defense didn't finish great against UConn and you, or UNLV, and you wonder how they're going to come out. But then they what do they do against Syracuse? First play, they get a pick six, and then that kind of helped get them into it. And then you know, Syracuse scores the next play. But you could just see some confidence building of that or the next drive. You could see some confidence building from that defense after that first play. Get the ball. That's a big thing. You're starting to see this team turn. I mean, they, Ryan, they could turn the ball over at all to start the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they they would had two like two turnovers through the first. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna look this up because it's actually kind of funny. They had uh, see five. No, no, that's Boston College. Excuse me. I want to go to Notre Dame here real quick because this this numbers are like three. That's not right. Uh, this is a, a really kind of a a funny a funny but sad statistic through the first seven games of the year, they had uh, three turnovers. They've had five in the last three games. So you're getting to that point now where you're starting to turn it over a little bit more. And BC is a team that can be prone to turning the ball over. And so this is an opportunity for for you to say, Hey, what's a great way to, to win, to win a game, get the ball. Right. And that's you no, know, they had three turnovers against UConn played a big role in their loss. They only had one turnover against Louisville. Help them win. You know, it's a big mm-hmm. part of it. So get the ball. And and if you okay. can do that, then you'll have a chance to really bury this team because it's not just about winning, it's about playing your game. And yep. BC's three and seven. You should win this game. You're not going to get a cookie because you beat BC. You're going to get a cookie because you out there and dominate BC the way a good team is supposed to dominate a bad team. And that's what we really? want to see in this game. Special team, same thing, Ryan. Play clean. I mean, it's, it's, yes. it really is that simple. If they block another kick, great. Just play clean. <laughs> right. I mean, that you know that that's that's what i need to see is play clean and that keep, keep anything else keep beyond brian, gravy.
3: yeah i was just gonna say keep keep doing what brian mason's preaching right like that's that's the end of the day is that for the most part i mean the pump block has been incredible but what's been so nice is outside of maybe field the field goal unit the special teams just been consistent all year man like kick coverage has been pretty good pump coverage has been pretty good minus like one Return for BYU in that football game, right? The kick, the punt return game has been pretty good. So just play clean and don't hurt yourself against a bad football team. Hundred percent.